and welcome to another edition of this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week, no different, my friends. Joining us from sunny Florida, Mr. Will Ralston joins us for episode number 71, 70 y uno. And that's crazy, folks. We are having a great time. It is beyond fitting that we had the opportunity to speak with Will, learn more about him, his process. You'll soon find out about my fascination with tattoos. About 20 questions, and I appreciate Will for uh, for putting up with it. So it was a lot of fun to, to have that opportunity. Really brings it you know full circle, as we mentioned during the episode. My family and I had a great experience down in Florida in our April break. Went to you know Tampa Aquarium, spent some time at you know Angry Chair, and so it was really nice and just kind of fitting that we had this experience and really was a, a positive one and really connected with Will. So uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Will is a really humble and honest guy. He's really got a great perspective. He really enjoys what he does. And you know, I find it uh, you know extremely interesting. So it's just really nice to connect with him. And we think this is going to be an episode that you're really going to dig. So if you are scoring at home, you're trying to find out more information about Mr. Mr. Ralston himself, it's really easy. Will Ralston, that's his name, and you just go on Instagram and you can find him at Will Ralston Art, and as well as his website, which is also the same name, keeping it simple. No tricks, willralston.com, and you just go over there and you find out more information, you get some prints. You can also get some beer merch, and if you're looking to get yourself drawn up on, get yourself a tattoo. Bang, bang, boom. We still have yet to get our first tattoo. We keep mentioning it, but I have a feeling that will change in the short term. Maybe the long term. Let's go. That'll change in the long term. I want to thank, speaking of tattoos, the folks at Keys on Kite in New Haven. Keys on Kite, tattoo artist and gallery in New Haven, Connecticut. We had a great, 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 and a very successful uh, pop-up beer garden in conjunction with the crew over at the beer garden and you know, we made this awesome beer garden at you know keys on kite with the crew from the barracks as well as the beer collective in new haven so it was just a real lot of fun it was the first time for them it was really nice to tie it into the carol Liddell gallery it sold almost 200 beers you know a dollar from every beer sold went to the src and we were in our final days at the gallery so we closed the july 29th it's been a wonderful experience. I met some amazing people. I want to thank Dan Bla- uh, Blakesley, Eric Letcher. They played an amazing performance on this past Saturday night. We had a really nice intimate concert. Everybody was hanging out and getting together. Really, it was just nice to be able to see the other side of Dan. He is a really hard working individual, a lot of hustle, grinding, and just really kind of was really cool to have the opportunity to, to spend time with him. Actually, you know three days over the last couple of weeks, you know, with the installation, you know, our great uh, inaugural kickoff event, and then to see him perform. So he is, he's a great guy. It was a wonderful experience. He's got a new print out uh, entitled Beer. You can find that out by going to danblakesley.com. You can also find it, we got it up on our Instagram, and then you can purchase it at the Carol Dell Gallery. So a few more days, head on over there. If there's any prints that you did not get and you'd like to, do that or make a donation get yourself a glass and a t-shirt if you've ordered a t-shirt by way of donation or glass we'll be getting shipping those at the end of the month so look for that we'll be reaching out and getting your address and we'll you know hook that up i want to give a shout out to to Vinny and his wife who came in to the show from new jersey it was a wonderful time to you know, get to hang with them and also nick from hops and brandy who came on over checking out the, the gallery, and we had a couple of beers over at, the, at the, the beer garden. So it's just been a wonderful experience. I met some amazing people. If we had the opportunity to, to connect with you, I just want to say thank you. If this is your first time listening, maybe you went to the gallery and found out that we have a podcast, thank you. Our website is 16ozcanvas.com. You can find us at 16ozcanvas on Instagram, 
Facebook, and Twitter. And whatever you're doing, if it's got some cool beer art, beer labels, label love, 16OZCanvas is the hashtag. Tag us, and we'd love to track you down and hear from you and connect. We're actively recruiting and finalizing our eighth 12-pack, so our eighth season of artists. It's really exciting, and we're already looking forward to you know new ways to you know take it to the next level. We've got a bunch of recordings uh, finalized, some great artists coming up here in the seventh season. But let's get into it. Episode 71, Will Ralston, willralston.com, Will Ralston Art on Instagram. He is the man behind those badass angry chair brewing labels. And hopefully we'll get some of those beers in the future. We've got angry puffs that we're going to be cracking in a couple days, celebrating Will, celebrating this episode, and hopefully you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Will, episode 71. Cheers, my friends. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited this week to have with us, checking in from Florida, Will Ralston. We came to learn of Will through the work he's done with Angry Chair Brewing. Thanks so much for uh, making the time today, Will. How's it going, man? Doing good, man. How you doing? Life is pretty good. Usually, you know, I was really, I was excited, you know, early on, we wanted to to get you on and recently was in Florida for vacation. I actually got to go to angry chair and it was really cool to, it was like a mini art gallery before we had spoke, you know, to, to see all your shit all over the walls. And I was just telling you before we started recording, I was rocking, you know, my t-shirt yesterday, you know, just, just, yeah, I'm pretty hyped. So it was really good. Um, we can't get those beers up here in Connecticut without trading our children for them. So to be able to sit down there with, you know, with the family and, and to kind of just take it all in. We were there for like a bottle release. I think it was Angry Puffs. And so we got one of your, uh, we're going to crack that on, you know, after we air the episode. So, you know, life's pretty good, man. No complaints. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you got to stop by the brewery, man. It's a cool little place, you know, Tampa's a neat little town. Like the whole area is kind of a uh, hip, hip area. Yeah, it was great. We were, we, uh, we, yeah, we, were over, we were on the coast where they, um, you know, we we're about 45 minutes out wherever where, like spring training and stuff is. And we went and it went to the, went to the aquarium. It was, it was an awful weather day, but it was just cool. And like everyone was hyped on the bolts. And so we were, fun, we were cheering for them in the playoffs. And so it was just, uh, it was, it was a good, it was a good hang. Took a bunch of crowders back to the pool. It was, yeah, it was a good trip. Hell yeah, man. That's the way to do it. Yeah, right? It, it was one of those things like some trips you have like all this pretense what it's going to be and like you try to plan everything. And my wife's usually right with that stuff. But once in a while, like the go with the flow wins in my favor. And that was the one time I was like, because I, yeah. I, I play the cards, right? The kids don't like the breweries, but they were super nice to them at the brewery. So it was, it was perfect. But, um, you know, that was a it was a perfect alignment moment. But. Anyway, so for folks at home, I think it's always fun to, to listen and follow along. WillRalston.com, Will Ralston Art on Facebook and Instagram. You can see all the great work you're doing there. And one of the cool things is that you're a, you're a tattoo artist. So really, that's, a, that's exciting. I mean, how long have you been, uh, how long have you been tattooing people? Uh, I've been tattooing for people a little over eight years now. Wow. So, and it's been... A crazy, crazy experience. Um, before that, I was uh, doing a lot of freelance stuff. You know, got out of started doing a bunch of freelance art. You know, like custom bikes and cars. That was kind of like my main gig for a while. Then started getting into tattooing, and man, that was yeah, eight and a half years ago. It just flies by. Wow. Yeah. What's the, so? Let's take a step back. What's kind of like the Will Ralston, you know, art story? Like, how did you get into? Because you're drawing, and like I said, if you follow on Instagram, you know, Will's done some awesome murals you know the, the the labels you've done you know the tattoos are so detailed and intricate you know i was saying before i don't I don't have one but i, I think that if i was going to get one i would want to get one of your pieces on my body but it's just really your work is really really detailed and really it's really it's super unique thanks man i, I really appreciate that i uh i mean as far as like it's definitely been a journey you know and i, I think uh, that's kind of what art is, you know, it's, you go, you start somewhere. I mean, like always, I mean, usually, like, you know, any artist story is like, you know, you were drawn so much as a kid, you know, I remember I was getting in trouble all the time for drawing in school, but you know, my parents always encouraged me to kind of like, you know, hey, 
you know, give me all the paper and pencils and I'll just be mad. Like, and I wasn't great at it, you know, but I was just, I just wanted to draw, you know, and it, my dad always kind of let me watch like monster movies, you know, like predator aliens, Godzilla, like that's, those were my Flintstone vitamins, you know, when I grew up as a kid. So when I, oh man, when Mortal Kombat came in, like those kind of movies, I mean, I started like drawing comics in like fifth grade and, you know, you get your teacher would find your comic and be like, all right, listen, we're going to have a sit down with your parents and be like, what's wrong with your kid right now? He's drawing all this. So it's just, <laughs> it's definitely been a long history of drawing. Yeah. That's, yeah. And what I love too is that you, some of your pieces are obviously like iconic, you know, movies or characters, but because of your unique style, it's not a, you're not almost, it's not like you're a tracer, which if you've seen Mall Rats is a whole, you know, that's totally fine. But it's your unique kind of interpretation of all these iconic images, which I think is just really unique. You know, it'd be really easy to say, okay, it has to be this proportion, this, you know, this face, these teeth. And you kind of, yeah. and you make it your own, which is, is, is really, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Thanks, man. And honestly, I, I, I'm glad like, people see that, you know, because that means like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm doing my job because that's what I tell people. It's like, you know, as far as like my style, you know, like I, I call it, people always want to kind of categorize, you know, art, you know, is it, is it fine art? Is it, you know, traditional? Or, you know, I, I say it's kind of illustrative because it gives you that wide shotgun range of as far as, you know, styles. Because, you know, there's a whole bunch of different styles. But uh, definitely as far as, you know, my influences along the way, you know, I've, I've did looked actually in middle school I used to not trace but I would copy characters you know like look at a photo and be like you know like oh man I love this scene I'm gonna draw it and I would have books like that you know where I would just really be paying attention to stuff like that so it was a lot of comic book stuff and video game art as well um and then I started you know Dragon Ball Z as a kid um and just all these influences started piling up but uh, I mean getting into high school you know definitely like you know there was a art teacher that I had, Mrs. Lowe. Shout out to Mrs. Lowe. Yeah. She uh, definitely uh, put some fuel, you know, put the fire under my ass and got my act straight, you know. So thanks, Mrs. Lowe, for dealing with my shit. Do you tell her that? Definitely. Uh, I, I have hugged her. She was like my Cuban mother, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, she's a sweet lady, um, you know, and she would always call me on my shit. But she showed me, like, you know, what was out there. You know, she showed me some mediums. And I was always, I had a hard time with color. You know, I love to draw. I could, and I realized, you know, that I, I had a talent at a young age. So, I mean, as far as, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, you know, just drawing all the time. You know, it's like, all right, I'm actually doing good here. But I was always with pencil. But it wasn't until, like, I got into high school, you know, and Ms. Lowe, maybe, like, you know, like, here, get your head out of your ass, start playing with some colors. And so and even then, like it went on into when I was going to college and I was still just having a hard time, you know, with like color, you know, it was intimidating, you know, because when you're working in black and gray, all you're worrying about is value, you know, pushing and pulling, um, you know, so, but when you add in color, that adds in like a whole other spectrum as far as hue and saturation. Next thing you know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm lost. You know, all of a sudden I've made a mud pile. Tell you having, I mean, with the tattoos and stuff, but as somebody who's, colorblind I, you know at an early age I knew that I mean I'm not like a dog like black and white but it just for me I always know when I see something as a black and white piece that I know that I always see it the same as everybody else and so when it's done really well it's like I just it to me is like okay well I know this is how it's supposed to be where other pieces I mean I joke and say that my my rods and cones are way cooler than everybody else's and I probably see shit that you can't even imagine which I don't think is true but it sounds good to say that, but I, I just love, like, I always, I found myself, you know, always just drawn, you know, to, to really black and white stuff, like even, you know, photography and whatnot, because I just always felt like it was, I, when I, as I get older, I think more and more about it, but it's just always, like, I always knew that, like, it was, I was always the same as everybody else, like, I knew I was seeing the same as everybody else, and so I, I love the black and white stuff. Yeah, I think there's a, uh, a guy I used to work with always said it you know when he was trying to explain black and gray tattoos versus color tattoos there's always like a, a, a classic feel to it you know it's you know, whether it's like that Humphrey Bogart you know feeling you get from it but um there there's definitely like a, a feel good you know from that if you like I mean you see beautiful stuff black and gray and there's a lot of great stuff with color too but there's like classic look to black and gray 
Yeah, and you're really, I mean, and to, and like I said, like the level of detail you have and just kind of the the dimensions, you know, of a f- flat surface you're able to create with these, you know, characters and pieces on on non-traditional, you know, canvases of people's bodies to me is always, it's fucking mind-blowing, really. I mean. And, yeah, and, and like I was saying before, like it's, it's a journey, like looking back at it, and I'm fortunate enough to have, I have sketchbooks. All right, so if, if any artist, I'm sure they have sketches, sketchbooks, but like no matter what, that's that's where the intimate like ideation comes in, and I, and I love ideation. So before I get too carried away, but sketchbooks, I have hundreds of sketchbooks, and I can literally lay them all out in a timeline, even from middle school when I was, you know, looking at comic book, you know, art, and see it in you know that journey. You can see the progression, you know, and I can almost look at it and be like, all right, this is kind of what I was looking at, you know. I remember I remember these classes I was taking, so it's definitely that. At adventures, you know, playing with different styles, like seeing the growth, and be like, "Holy shit!" You know what's going on here. I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah, yeah. I like that that you keep them all too. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I I love looking at sketchbooks. There's an artist called Bar- uh, his name is Baron Story, um, and I remember he brought in for his seminar. He brought in two suitcases. I mean, like. Imagine like an old lady suitcase, the biggest one you could find. She was and packed, dude, packed with sketchbooks. Every page, seriously, like it could he could have sold every page in that book for, I mean, uh, hundreds of dollars. He was the guy who illustrated the Lord of the Flies book cover. Um, oh. If you remember that, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, and he was drawing nonstop. So, and then that was the one thing they always kind of, you know, not push, but it was always like, hey, you know, if you, when you're in art school. You know, grab a sketchbook, you know, because that's, that's where you're going to write out your shit. You know, that's where you're going to get your formulas, you know. And it was always hard. It was like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to do the work. I mean, I don't want to make it sound lazy, but it was like, like it was, you wanted to draw on your own time. But it's good to force yourself to, you know, put yourself in a situation and draw. But, sorry, yeah. I'm no. jumping all over. No, that's the best, man. I don't know, dude. Yeah, this is the one place you can ramble for days. I just turn the mic off and just kick my feedback, you know. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too early for me to do it with a cold one, but yeah, they, oh yeah, when people apologize for quote unquote rambling, I'm like, no way, man, like keep yeah. going. Yeah, my nephew's, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, my nephew draws, and he's, he, whenever I see him, I, I that, that, that was a, like a real intimate moment. I mean, I don't think he would ever realize it. I mean, he's only, I think he's 19, 20 now, but when he let me see his sketchbook for the first time, like I knew he carried around, it was like, and it was a tiny one that he'd keep in his pocket, so like no one, but you take it out, you see him drawing, like do this stuff, and I was like, "Can I see that, Evan?" And he was like, he gave it to me, and I was, it was just like, it was like to me that was like the one of the cooler like uncle moments. It was just like, all right, cool. He like let me into his, you know, into his world. You know, we didn't talk about it, we didn't go through the sketches, but like he was just like, all right, you can check it out. That's good. And I was like, I remember telling my wife, I was like, he gave me, his, let me check out a sketchbook. It was sick, you know. So that was yeah. I just know That's like awesome. yeah, it was you know, it's just I get. You see that, you know, because you, you, you always see him and, you know, he was, he'd be drawing the family, you know. I remember one time he just crushed out like this killer sketch of my son on the Etch-A-Sketch and I was like, holy shit. I was like, what is going on? So, yeah, it was like. Yeah, dude, what? Etch-A-Sketch, like th- that's skill. Like that, yeah. that is just. Like we just like left it there and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Like I can't touch it, you know, if I move it, they're all going to all the magnets, you know, yep. and it was like, yeah, so it was just cool. So I definitely, uh I think it's cool you keep all those like they're little mem- little memory photo books. Yeah, it, and it really is. I mean, like it's, it's going back in time, and I, and I can put them chronologically. And and honestly, like when I'm working on big stuff, and I love painting big, love doing murals, love like big big ass paintings. But a lot of times, like that will come from like a little stinky sketch, like like literally like a ballpoint ball, ballpoint pen is awesome in sketching, but uh, it'll be like a little like just fluid thing that just gives me an idea of how it's moving and gesture. And I'll be like, all right, that's it. That's the one we're going to fucking rock the shit out of this. And so it's going to be awesome. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of those ideas just come from like a little tiny thumbnail. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm always, I love the ballpoint pen. I mean, pencil is awesome for like doing like a nice, you know, like drawing. If I'm in my sketchbook, like, you know, my smaller version, I'll take my little ballpoint pen and then I'll just start like getting, try to real get loose. Actually, I didn't sound cheesy, but I have draw loose tattooed on my fingers because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, 
my uh your mantra my statement as an artist my mantra like to get loose you know like you can't be tight because you know i mean you want to get emotion into it you know you and i had a instructor you know george pratt and he was like dude you're a big dude you need to get in there start working you know get in there and make some marks you know and then as and that was the thing with my sketch i got friends that have sketchbooks and and, and they get really like you know anal and oh no i gotta erase you know i gotta do this do it over I was like no man put that in there move on to the next one you know because you're overthinking it yeah yeah, right. it, it's, it's never going to be perfect. That's the, yeah, the perfect imperfection, right? And I think that's what I love when every line doesn't have to be clean. You know, it doesn't have to be you know have a start and end point. It can be you know it can flow, and who knows where that's going to take you. Yeah, I, I've I've come to appreciate that. Where it's I don't know, my life's yeah. not my life's not, my life's not that clean and organized. You know, I can't. I, that's uh, I don't, I'm not always drawn to to that as much. Yeah, I and. Honestly, like, it's like, uh, what was it, Bob Ross, you know, happy little mistakes, you know, and just, <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old Bob Ross. Some of his, there's like all these like stories that come out now about Bob Ross, and he's, he's like amazing. He was like, I think he was in the military. Yeah. It was like crazy. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. I think it was, I remember he may have been a drill instructor. I could be yeah. wrong, but I know he was in I the I think Air that's Force, what it was. Yeah. And that's actually and he kind of developed that style, you know, like working fast and which is, you know, that's, that's a really hard thing to, to basically sink in simple shapes. You're like, all right, I got to knock out this, knock out this. And I mean, like I did, I remember watching, I'm sure everybody, there's like so many people that were inspired, you know, it's just like, he's a wizard, you know, it's like, you can call it tricks, you know, but there's skills that he learned through trial and error. You know, like he didn't have YouTube, he didn't have the internet. He learned that on his own, which is nuts to think like, you know, as a, uh, I guess I was kind of like in the transitional period, you know, with like, you know, the internet was really big when I was in school. So looking back at it, you know, you hear about your instructors, you know, like, man, we, we had to take photos, reference photos and had to get them developed and we didn't know if they're going to be good enough. And then now you just got to go on the internet and pull up a picture of a pelican or an alligator or something. Like that. It's just, we're very spoiled, you know? And I, so I, Going back to Bob Ross, I think it's awesome that he learned that, you know, just without any, you know, not not any help, but, you know, in yeah. that situation. And he, like, talks to you, too. Like, it's just, like, it, it, one of the, the fat, fun facts was that he liked that his show helped people, like, go to sleep. Like, he was soothing to people. He, like, took he took pride in oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. And then, yeah. I pulled up a bunch of Bob Ross fun facts, so I'm not going to read them all. But we'll work we'll work them into the episode. But uh, he was missing a he was missing a finger. I just learned that he was missing a finger. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And he had that perm haircut because he was cheap and he needed to save money, and so that was easy for him. <laughs> so you should grow a perm. Better. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, go have a little uh, Bob Ross period. Oh man, I got I got long hair right now, and then every time I step out of the shower, like it just curls up, and I I kind of look like Hagrid from from Harry Potter. All right, good reference. I'll uh, tell yeah. As long as you have a baby dragon, goofy, little goofy baby looking. dragon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I my assumption because of you know obviously you know your love of the you know the pen and ink and you know, your your ballpoint pen is. You probably don't do a lot of your work digitally, right? I mean, maybe you scan it in or what have you. But. Well, uh, as far as, you know, again, with process, you know, time and figuring out new things, um, I have definitely learned a lot, definitely learned a lot, uh, you know, little skill sets. Digital was, uh, first one, it was a sophomore year. I was having a hard time with it. But uh, all the labels that I do right now are mostly mostly finished in digital. Okay, so yeah. what I'll normally do... Like I'll do like a mixture of so um so yeah as far as process work for the labels it's usually like you know like a sketch and a drawing and then I'll pop it in on digital and then finish it up there. Okay, so good. Yeah, you're all over the the medium platform, which is pretty sick. No. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Uh, so when I graduated uh, college, you know, I was airbrushing. And then with airbrushing, I was doing a bunch of murals and I was working on bikes and cars and I was doing body painting. I had a bunch of weird gigs, you know, it was one time I was body painting at a strip club and I've, and I've done like, uh, you know, like party events, um, you know, and, and 
murals. You know, it it, it gets you out of your comfort zone, definitely. <laughs> I love yeah, you just casually. Yeah. I love you just yeah. casually go. Yeah, I was a body painter at a strip club for a while, and yeah, it was like nothing. That's like the. It was one gig. It was one gig. All right, all right. Cool. Yeah, it was just. It was a. Uh, you know, you just. <laughs> you got to have like your odd jobs, you know. Trying oh, to, yeah. Try to pay for student tuition and all that shenanigans. Oh yeah, I've, I've had a few of those. I was like, I worked at what? It wasn't even like a Chuck E. Cheese. It was uh like they called it Sahara Sam's. It was like this safari guy, and but I was in. I had to wear that big stupid costume. Like I was. Basically, the youngest guy on the shift, they would be like, you're the fucking character today. And the kids would beat the shit out of you at these parties because you had, like, T-Rex arms. You couldn't really move to, like, stop them. But you'd see these, like, and they, they'd they get to give you the hugs, and the older kids would just, like, throw in elbows. They would just kick your ass. Yeah, that was one of the worst jobs. Oh. Oh, man. The only bonus was that yeah. as, as, a, as a kid who liked video games, because there was, like, every video, your lunch break, you just got to play. You know, you just knew the kid who ran the machines, and they'd come in with the key and give you, like, 40 credits on like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and like NBA Jam. And you, I was like 15. I get to play that for an hour. It'd be great. Heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's like a good job. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, getting beat up. Or it was the, the yin and the yang. It was like, okay, you get treated like, you know, make like $4, but then they get to play games for like, you know. So it was pretty cool. It all worked out. So, yeah. so what was the progression to, to tattoo art? I mean, that, like, that's a. I mean that to me seems like a really scary thing. First, probably the first time you tattooed somebody. I mean, how did how did that how did you get convinced to turn into a tattoo artist? So with airbrushing, like uh, odd jobs, you know, I, um, I bikes and cars was kind of my main thing for about a year and a half. But in that time, I was also doing some mural work for a, a local tattoo shop where my parents live in Tampa, um, and it was John Hashi. He does like permanent makeup. Um, but I started just doing some mural work there and just hanging out at the shop, uh, you know, just talking with, uh, you know, the apprentices and hanging out with artists and bullshitting. And I mean, like all, all John wanted was, uh, you know, like, give me some skulls, give me, you know, some demons and, you know, give me a Viking holding two tattoo machines. I'm like, sweets, let's do this. Is that, this is like, you know, you're just giving me candy right now. Uh, you know, I was doing dragons and I even did like the Ark of the Covenant. I, I, I airbrushed the Ark of the Covenant lip, lifting up on the front and then like ghosts and demons coming out. So yeah, that, that, that happened. But, um, so I was hanging out. Uh, then I started like looking through, I remember looking through the art books and the flash sheets, you know, which is, you know, it's like the collection of artworks from different artists. And, uh, I was starting getting inspired and I think this is like my space time. So I started tracking these artists down and I was like, man, this is crazy. I didn't realize, you know, that like tattooing got this intense, um, you know, as far as the creativity and like, you know, just the talent, the sheer talent that, that was out there now, then, and then now it's exponential. So it, definitely, it keeps you on your toes and definitely inspires you. Um, but so as I was looking at, I started transitioning some of that artwork into my airbrushing and putting it into the bikes and the cars. And uh, I think I had like a come to Jesus moment for a while. I was like, I think I was airbrushing a bike and then like two weeks later, you know, it got stolen um, or, or wrecked. And it was just, like, I just got tired of art being destroyed or just abused or people trying to like, you know, nickel and dime you on a paint job and then try to sell it, you know, for more. And I was like, oh, screw this shit. You know? So I mean like every now and then I, it's just a lot of process and a lot of pain in the ass. But so I had that moment and you know, I had a lot of people telling me, like, you know, the artists that were working there, you know, man, you need to, you know, get into tattoos, you know, you're going to do well. And then I started, like, kind of just playing around a little bit. Um, and then at some point I was, like, went to John and said, hey, you know, I would like an apprenticeship. Um, so he started it then. And then actually a couple of weeks later, I had to break it to him of, like, hey, man, I love this place, you know, but I'm going to have to uh, – move on to, to another shop because it was just a better place to grow, you know? And it's like, I appreciate everything that John did for me, but uh, it was, you just, you need to put yourself in an environment where, you know, you, you have more room to grow, you know, and more fuel for the fire. But, so that's how, that's how I got into tattooing. And then I started my uh, apprenticeship at Fat Inc. in Tampa in 2009. Oh, wow. November what? of 2009. Well, Big anniversary coming up, almost ten years, yeah. But no, I think to to tell your story right, without you know John having you come in there and making that 
place open to, you know, your growth and learning from, you know, that, that was your initial apprenticeship, right? I mean, just being there and then being open to supporting and well, making you kind of feel like I want to make this, you know, right turn on my career and, you know, join this new field. So, I mean, you could argue that that was yeah, already was your hard. first apprenticeship. Oh yeah. I can tell in your, how you're telling that story that it was hard, right? I mean, it's hard to tell somebody who's, yeah, who's become a friend, yeah, right? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. So yeah, it was hard, but I moved on. Um, you know, there was no hard feelings. You know, and, uh, yeah, so 2009, I started my apprenticeship, and it was stressful, man. It was so airbrushing is kind of a technical medium, you know, as far as you just kind of get used to the flow. You got to do your 10,000 hours to really get used to it. So there's certain like tattooing. I basically had to like relearn something, and I was like, holy shit. So then, not only that, but like your canvas is different every time. Like even even if I tattooed you, uh, if I tattooed you today, then I tattooed you six months later. You know, you could be a totally different, have a different experience. You know, you could be tired, you know, just there's so many variables that make tattooing awesome and, you know, difficult. But it was it was very intimidating in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, like, I mean, I know, do you have any, like, I know it's probably not the, do you have any, like, bad, like, stories? Like, I mean, that to me, it's just crazy because the idea is that this is something permanent. Like, you're, like, really, I mean, you have one, I guess, I don't know. Do you have one shot or is that just a misconception? Like, is, is there all the prep work going into ahead of time? Like, I'm not, like I said, I don't have any tattoos, so I think I'm a little green in yeah. that. But it just seems like it just, it would be, that would stress the shit out of me. Like, I mean, I know we were talking before about the imperfections, but there's a difference between a line not being you yeah. know, completely straight and, like, you, you know, fucking some dude's arm up. Yeah, no, exactly. There's and it's all about uh, baby steps, you know, starting off slow, getting used, getting the feel for things. And the hard part for me too was like drawing and airbrushing and trying to take that and you know put that into tattooing. And I had to rethink the way I was approaching to the design. Um, and still, like you know, like I, I wanted to do so much more bigger stuff, but I had to. There's a lot of people like, hey, you need to slow down, you know, go simple, you know, just you know, keep it, keep it simple, like reeling me back. But, um, but yeah, as far as tattoos, I mean, like nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever a hundred percent. So, but what you do is you have that commitment with your client, like, Hey, if there are issues, if there are things that happen, I'm here to help and fix it. You know? So I mean, like, I mean, that's your goal is to be the samurai, you know, to be the machine that is going to, you know, execute this perfect tattoo, but life is not, is not perfect. So it, and if, you know, anything does happen, you know, you're there, you're there to, to be with your client, like, Hey, no matter what, I'm going to try to make sure that you're happy. Yeah. Now, f for folks, what's no? What is the what is the process? They want to get a a Will Ralston uh, original tattoo. What do they have to do? They go to your website or they go to your shop. What, what's the process? Yes. So, if you any kind of commissions, illustrations, art, tattoos, or anything like that, go to my website, willralston.com, um, and all the info is on there as far as how to get a hold of me for that. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, just good. We'll get a good, couple good plugs in there throughout. And we're back. You're listening to episode 71, Will Ralston, 16-ounce canvas, Art of Craft Beer podcast. It's a good one, folks. Will's a natural. Tells good stories. Really keeps it going. Makes my job super easy. Now, one could argue that maybe, you know, you would say that I'm just such a good interviewer that you know, I make folks feel comfortable and at home. Whatever. I'm down with either of that. I really just enjoy it. It's easy to talk to Will. Really like his perspective, his humility. You know, giving a shout out to the teachers. You know, and just seeing where he came from. It's really nice to see. I have a definitely... Uh, an interest, and I say infatuation because I don't have any tattoos, but we're pretty close. You know, we've talked to some folks who do tattoos. I mean, a lot of the artists that we've interviewed have tattoos. Really interested in it. And it was really great to, again, be part of the, the pop up beer garden with the Beerics here in Connecticut, Connecticut's first community, communal, you know, brewery. It's five breweries, 
from Connecticut all working together. They do collaborations. It's Armada, Hoax, Holes, Erector, Overshore. It's really cool what they're doing there. And it was great to, to be a part of that, to, to collaborate with them. Some unique things uh, you know, in the works. You know, they have new releases every week. So they're putting out some great videos. Really, the production is solid. And so just to really see that is really great to see. The Beerics on Instagram, Hoax Brewing. Big shout out to to Sean and Austin over there, and uh, Craig at the the beer the beer collective in New Haven. That's my spot in New Haven. So great beers, great staff, great food. Really appreciate it. We don't really uh, plug too much, but when folks go out of the way to, to help us and you know help, especially make a couple extra bucks for the the charity, you know they deserve it. And so it's definitely is going to appreciate it. Eric over at uh, Keys on Kite. Big shout out to him. By the time this one airs, it's. Uh, pretty uh it's highly likely that he'll have uh tattooed my wife and given her her first tattoo so once she has hers i know that i'll be looking at that thing and want to want to get my own so stay tuned stay tuned be listening to the 16 ounce canvas 16ozcanvas.com 16ozcanvas wherever it is that you're doing your social thing and if you're uh if you're digging what you're listening to you know just take a second you don't have to pause you know, I think you, uh, I think you folks are good multitaskers, but head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you're 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 getting your podcast on, and you know, rate us and you know, leave a review if you have a chance. We'd love to. It really helps us get the word out week by week, listener by listener. That's what we're doing. Also, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Pete Bissell. Congratulations on the birth of his second child. Otto Collins Bissell was born this week, and that's just a really exciting time as a father. You know, that's just an amazing moment, and it's crazy. You know, we we talk to artists, and you know, being a parent is maybe one of the you know ultimate forms of art, and we all have that in common. We all have that same aesthetic, you know. But it's just a beautiful time, and so I just remember as a you know when you when you get to hold your child for the first time, it's just a it's just a wonderful experience. You, know, you look at your your wife, your partner, and you go, "Holy shit, we made a human being!" And so it's a it's a beautiful time. So we will be in Maine in a couple weeks. We are super excited for that. So it's uh, just you know, love us vacation land. Looking forward to you know seeing the crew up there. And by crew, I mean the trees, the lake, and motherfucking nature. So it is on. Cannot wait. But let's get back into it. Without further ado. My friend, hopefully yours, Mr. Will Rawson, episode 71, Setenta Iuno, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Ready? Wait for it. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Because your work is so so detailed and, and so, you know, rich, what's your, what's the av- kind of average time for, for someone, for a tattoo to kind of be in your chair? I mean, I have to imagine that they're in there for, for several hours, right? Yeah, I, I've had, and that's, you know, every person's different. So some people sit, you know, better than others. Um, it really, it really varies, you know, uh, as far as like, I've had the longest tattoo session I've ever had, as far as tattoo time was, you know, eight hours, you know, and there were breaks in there. So the guy came in at one o'clock, went 1 p.m. and left at 1 a.m., you know, and he was a beast. He was actually an Apache, uh, uh, Apache helicopter pilot over in Kentucky. But yeah, that guy sat like a champ. And honestly, like women take tattoos way better. You know, I don't know if it's the biology as far as, you know, you're, you have to have a kid and, you know, you're just naturally more pain tolerant. But, you know, I did, I have seen gone through the bullpen of the shop and seen, you know, girls getting tattooed and not doing a, like not even blinking, they're just like, mm, yeah, yeah. They're just, I'm just here, just hanging out. There'll be some big guy who's just like uh, uh, yeah. struggling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a horse, horse vein in his neck. Yeah. Now, what are the? Uh, and we'll give. Yeah, if you notice, I'm very fascinated by tattoos. You brought my questions. Where are the most painful places? They is it is it more more the where there are more bones? Is that is that the problem when the bones kind of get in the way? Uh, bones, not so much, you know, it's more like you think about spots where you're ticklish, you know, I think about spots where you got a lot of tendons. So I mean like, so, uh, ribs, okay. uh, feet, uh, oh, back man. of the knee is Ooh. probably, probably one of the worst. 
Um, I've heard the crease underneath your butt cheek is like top, top two. Top wait, three which spots. Wait, wait, where are we going? Wait, so is it the taint you're talking about? Not, not the taint. So you got your butt cheek. All right, look. <laughs> you got you got two butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. One cheek to the left. Yeah. Just that that little crease where your butt cheek meets your thigh, like oh. right there. Okay. Okay. So, so that was yeah, where I was, that was, that like was going to get my yeah, that was going to get my Ralston original right there. I'm not doing that now. Okay, I I will not say no. It'll we'll, we'll make a nice original piece. <laughs> yeah. Do you like and is it always your work? Do you or do you get like weird? Do you get, like what's the weirdest request you've gotten? Oh man. I mean, you get odd requests. I can see it in every town. Every you know shop's got its own like you know like flow of. Like still crazy people, but uh, oh man, yeah, I, it's put me on the spot. Like I can't even think of anything right now. It'll be like ten minutes. It'll be like an hour later. I'm like, God damn it, I, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, no, but, I, was, I, mean, I, I always love. People, yeah, I always love those threads on Reddit. It's like tattoo, you know, uh, tattoo artists of America. Like, what's the craziest? And they just like these threads just go. What people think are just like funny, and it's like that would be funny for one second, but then that's on your body forever. Like that joke, not a that's not a lifelong joke, dude. It's like, all oh, right, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I have seen some doozies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you ever, oh, what is it, ugliesttattoo.com? I mean, you'll oh. be entertained for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, like I said, we learned about your work through Angry Chair. How did you, how did you team up with the crew there? I mean, they've, there's some good people, like I, like I said before. And if anyone's listening, we're, we're there. They, it was, you know, like I said, when you're there with your family and it was, they were super chill. Um, you know, we, we tried all the beers and yeah. everyone was really great. And especially, you know, up North, it's a small place too. If you've never been there, it's really intimate. And it's for, and for how crazy folks go for their beers. So just to be able to chill there and it was, you know, probably a dozen folks in there and it was, it was really nice. And the staff was super, super friendly. So I could see how you, you know, connected with them, but what's the story there? How did you start doing their labels? Cause I would argue that your labels are, you know, really a key piece of the, the entire brand. I mean, the beers can kick ass, but you know, those labels, I mean, those are those are Will's, you know, pieces on there. So it's pretty nice. Man, dude, you can start making me tear up a little bit. Uh, no, I, I really appreciate that, man. Um, Fuck uh, yeah, honestly, dude. it was kind of serendipitous. <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it was a uh, kind of serendipitous, uh, I guess. Um, I used to do a lot of art shows, you know, with, with small bars around Sarasota. And we did a lot of art shows at this place called Mr. Beery's uh, in Gulfgate area, Sarasota. And one of the owners bought my, one of my paintings uh, from that art show. It was like a zombie themed art show. So he bought this, I call it bird brain. It's like a zombie head with a little bird in the head, you know, it's clear, clear pictures. But, um, you know, the the owner of the bar went to school with Ryan from Angry Chair. So Ryan came down, um, you know, was just checking out the bar. Obviously, they were hanging out, you know, having a good time. And he saw my painting on the wall. And I got a, a text uh, from Mike, uh, who owns Mr. Beery's. And he's like, hey, you know, my buddy was really interested, you know, in sitting down with you. And uh, we met up uh, for coffee. And, you know, and it's like literally just talking to him, you know, as far as styles. I was like, dude, this, this is awesome. It's like, let's... It's like magic, it's like peanut butter and jelly right now. So, and the first labels I think we did uh, were the German chocolate cupcake, which is like a cupcake castle, um, and then Awakening, which was like a coffee dark stout uh, imperial. No, I'm trying to remember. But um, you know, red, and that was actually my first time I ever tried it. I was blown away because that's the first time I ever really tried like a really heavy sweet like breakfast stout. I don't know if it's breakfast stout, but sweet. Uh, and I was like, whoa, this is, this is dangerous good. But, uh, yeah, so German chocolate cupcake and awakening. Uh, and again, like it, my first time, uh, doing the labels, I was trying to find like, you know, uh, the voice of how I wanted to do it, you know, cause it was kind of rebranding, I guess. So I started off with drawings, uh, for awakening and the German chocolate cupcake, you know, in pencil. And honestly, uh, I tried to do it on a painting and it just wasn't coming out the same way. So I, and at that point I had started to do a lot of digital work. I was very comfortable in Photoshop. So I threw in Photoshop and just started painting it in. And I was like, all right, this, this is how we're going to do it. You know, <laughs> not to, not to make it sound like, you know, solid or, you know, it's like, 
I don't know what I'm doing until I, until I find the resolution, but I, it was kind of, yeah, it was easy peasy. And I was like, all right. So then the next ones came in, I think was uh, fudge buckets. Um, you know, then there was, then it just started, you know, go from there. And it's uh, the process uh, is always kind of, it's a collaboration. You know, uh, Ryan are kind of like, Hey, this is the kind of beer we're looking to do. Um, you know, this is, you know, these are what the ingredients are. And so we'll always kind of go back and forth. And the, I, like, I, like I said, like the ideation part is my favorite, you know, brainstorming. They're like, well, this is what we can do. You know, uh, and like, you know, we can do like these characters in this motion or, you know, and I'll, we'll go back and forth like, yeah, I'm not digging that. So it's, it's always kind of like that, that song and dance as far as, you know, trying to narrow down, like uh, uh, filtering down the idea. And then some characters, you know, you come up with, uh, I mean, like, I, I always love, like, a, a fudge bucket. I was, I love coming up with that one. He's always just a fun, it's like a cyclops holding two buckets of fudge. And uh, I always, inspiration-wise, I mean, like, you know, it's, you think about, like, cartoons and, like, just using those textures and those styles and just, like, you take a little bit of everything along your life, you know? You're like, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. And then you put it in your head and you just shake it up and uh, just see what comes out of the, the batter. Yeah. And I like that there's some have, like, very subtle, like, you know, I, I, like uh, characters from our, you know, from our childhood. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll be 40. I'm not sure how you are, old you are. But for me, you know, you got the, you know, Soda Popinski and, you know, Rocky Road, right? And so it's just cool to, to see that in that kind of, it, you know, they're not, they're like, they're not the main characters. So it's just even cooler. You know, they're not, it's not chunk or mike you know or uh you know kid whatever his name is from mike tyson it's you know it's this other character so yeah it just it works really well yeah and uh, you know there's sometimes i have to do some heavy research and uh i mean like i hadn't seen the goonies and like oh my god maybe since i was like seven all right if if you had said you hadn't seen it yeah if you had said you hadn't seen it at all we might just be like oh this interview's over we're done so Yeah, so I had to get my ass back in there, and uh, I mean, honestly, like the night and day as far as like you know pulling up sketches off of reference from the internet and then going back to the movie, and I was like, and once it, once you see something in motion and action, it just it changes everything. And, and it's kind of a poor example as far as that, but I mean, like you know, if you're trying to draw a tiger, you know, off of a picture of the internet, and then you go to a zoo and you see a tiger move around, it's like your perspective is going to be a whole lot different. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I definitely, yeah, try to get good references. So, which, right, yeah. so I mean, their their bottles, like I said, are, are really sought after. How how much kind of lead time do you have between okay, this bottle is coming out to you need to make a label for it? I mean, their beers are they age them you know quite long, so I think that might play to your benefit. But how much time do you have between okay, this is coming out to we need a new label? I usually I usually try to get it done within two weeks. Um, but as far as the release time, that that's that's something that's out of my my uh, my control. Like they they're planning ahead like months in advance, trying to get the aging down. So I I'm just kind of like in the know as far as like, hey, this is what we're looking for in this time frame. Um, you know, what can you do? Uh, and usually, like you know, two weeks is like a good solid turnaround time. You know, keeping keeping things fluid and, you know, going back and forth and thumbnails and some process work, you know, then you do that final thing about, Hey, how's everything looking before I put the coup de gras on this bad boy? Yeah. Yeah. Coup de gras way to you, man. Yeah, like I said, it was cool to be there and to see there's some big ass pieces in there and, and to be able to grab a, you know, some of the bottles and come home with it. But yeah, it was, we, we crushed the, uh, the entire uh, tasting list that day. It was excellent. But it was good. <laughs> Well, I was like, my wife doesn't love beer as much as I do, and so she'll have a few and like rich stouts like that, and some sour she likes. And she was like, "Can you get a bunch?" I think I think they had Awakening on tap, and it was just, she's like, "Yeah, can you get as many of those as we can get?" And I was like, "Um, I can get you an eight ounce pour." It was like that's what was, you know, like, it wasn't Crowlers, nothing. And she was like, "Oh," she was like disappointedly happy, like sad and happy at the same time, but it works itself out. So, so my mom is <clears throat> my mom is German. So try, trying to, my, my dad was in the army. Like I was a military brat, like mom is German. I lived in Germany at like German school just as a kid. So uh, trying to spin to my dad, who is uh, a firm believer in the 500 
your uh, beer law of Germany that you should only have, you know, these certain ingredients. Trying to show them like, hey, check out these cool bottles. Like, like you know, try this stout, you know, this it's German chocolate, like it's got coconut in it. And they're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, like my dad is, is, yeah. is a uh, firm believer that pills and Pilsner and Hefeweizen and Dunkel's are about the only things that matter. <laughs> Still? Have you converted them yet? Uh, you know what? The only one, you know, and it's not anything against Angry Chairs beer. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, come up against the hardcore, you know, German beer laws. But uh, my mom was a big fan of, what was it? The Light, Lightning Lemon. Uh, what was the dude in the Lemon? Uh, they do an electric chair, electric chair label. So she loved that. So. Yeah, and so, and then I've noticed that some of them now, what's the process for having them have color? Because they don't, they're, I mean, the, they mostly rock the, the, the black and white, you know, kind of uh, almost like graphite, you know, airbrush vibe to them. When did you, or when do you decide to put color into them? Is that part of the kind of back and forth process or is it based on the style of the beer? I think it's, it's more based on the style of beer. You know, they kind of just, you know, want to get a new uh, version of that. But that's that's kind of like their their design process. Like, I, I mainly do, like, you know, the, the full rendering. And then, you know, if they want to make any kind of adjustments as far as coloring or anything like that, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to them to adjust for the beer. See what thing goes with that. Okay. I like that. I like, yeah, I, I like the electric chair because it has the... That's like a good example of that with the the pop and lemons, I think, or yeah, I mean, with the the black. Yeah, and so white. the so the the colors. I mean, like I, I was thinking about you know some of the, the later the newer labels that they've been doing, but some of the color ones uh, is more it gives like a good pop, you know, and, and that's usually at the request of you know Ryan as far as like yeah you know we, I think on this one you know we want to kind of throw in some color just to kind of really like you know show the con- not contrast but you know put the focus on the certain certain objects and uh there was one that i really had a lot of fun with was uh the mojito goes and it was like a skull being split in half with a machete they got like the, the green lime juice flying out yeah they're great which actually like tr- <laughs> trying to like come brainstorm for that i went all over the place i actually went with a lot of like Pablo Escobar, you know, like, cause we're, yeah, we're looking for like a mojito, but like, you know, something dark, something edgy. And I was like, I think a Pablo Escobar having his head pop with a line come out would be hilarious. But skull, skull with a machete was, uh, was the winner. And I, I didn't complain cause it was still fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, they're, they're, I like them cause they, they, they all have, they all have a little character to them. So I could tell like they have a personality to them, which is great. Now, what kind of what kind of beers are you drinking? You know, you're down in, you're down in sunny Florida. What what are you what are you enjoying? Uh, I know there's like a big, uh, you know, surge for hazy IPAs. I, I've been digging on the hazy IPAs. Yeah, I hear like that. Really, really loving the hazy. Uh, the Costa has like a Citronius that, that uh, yeah has a hazy IPA called Citronius that uh oh, man the jam. And then even like uh, for a while, their Angry Chair made just kind of like angry, or I'm sorry, they made just like heavy stouts. Um, and then after, a, I think maybe a year I was working there, they really started like coming out with like crazy IPAs. And, oh, they, 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 but yeah, yeah that was, IPAs. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was that was actually really surprising for me. Not surprising, but just we were there. And like the gamut, they had like I think a Berliner and they had some you know, sour stuff and they had these great IPAs and then they had these super rich stouts it was yeah it was it was nice to see i mean it was uh it was it was a fun day now you're also i think we'd be doing you a disservice we didn't mention you're also doing work for another brewery uh calusa brewing so what's the what's the story there i mean that's pretty cool with your badass octopus (laughs) yeah um so i had actually i had a mentor told me it's like you know there's a new brewery uh, coming up and I was like, Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, you need to get there, you know, say hi. And I was kind of not, not on the fence about it, but I was like, hi, you know, I'll get out there. You know? Um, but, uh, it wasn't, I had been hearing about Calusa, you know, like there's a new brewery coming up and I had had two gentlemen who was a bartender there 
Um, you know, he said, yeah, come on by sometime, you know? And so I, I stopped by, um, brought some prints and, uh, you know, he was gracious enough to kind of like, you know, show me around and, you know, uh, introduce me to the, the owner, uh, which was Vic. Actually, there's three owners to Calusa. There's Vic, Jason, and Jordy, and they're all awesome guys. Um, but so, you know, kind of showed him like some prints and Vic hit me up and said, hey, man, you know, we kind of like to sit down, um, you know, shoot some ideas around. So, but that bartender who referred me or who kind of introduced me, uh, I was tattooing an arm piece on him. Um, and then I think it was a James Harholtz. You know, shout out to James. Love you, bud. He's actually, I think he's working at Arcane Brewery now. So he's like, I think he's definitely messing around with some brews. Yeah. You're a good name dropper. You're very helpful. You make this, make this pretty easy. You're, you're a natural. I, stop. All right, I'll stop. But no, shout out your teacher. My wife's his teacher. I mean, when kids come back at school and they like, you know, are in college or whatever in high school and they come back and like, you made this impact, you know. That's like that's the jam for her. So so just yeah. So it's huge. So you already you've already gave yeah, me the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, we're good. Well, it's it's weird. Like you know, you kind of look back at your life. You know, like certain moments that kind of like ping pong you, or like you know, like a like a you know, you just you bounce all over there. Like all right, well, if I would have made this decision, then I wouldn't be here. Or you know, like or it could have been there. Or I don't know. Just it's crazy how life's got this. Actually, you know what? Uh, a good friend of mine told me one is like, we're all on the same sheet of fabric. Sometimes our strings will cross. Sometimes they'll go back and maybe they'll cross back down the way, you know, but it's just, it's crazy how life is. Now your new job is a profit. And so I subscribe to the book of Ralston. So I'm down with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, no. It's Don't. a very short, it's a very short book. Hey, those are the best kind. Uh, man, like, uh, no, I, please do not apologize. You're, you're, you're making my life very easy. This next question is super self-serving. So this is all for me. Uh, in my previous life, I did some radio work. And so I like to kind of know about what folks are listening to when they're creating. Do you have a certain tunes depending on the project? Are you kind of need, need like peace and serenity? Like what, what's going on when you're, when you're, when you're bringing stuff to life? All right. So I, can say that I have a, an eclectic mix of music depending on the project if it's something big where there's got to be some energy and I got to get real nasty and start you know fighting this motherfucker I'll throw on some I'm a big electronic music guy like it's not everyone's cup of tea but it's kind of like just like brain candy you know it just fuels a fire and you know just just go with it um, if I'm feeling real mellow, you know, I'll put on oldies like Creedence, Rolling Stones, or, or Bo Diddley, Chuck Chuck Berry, and just kick back, relax. What kind of but, uh, what kind I'm of electronic? Of, like what bands? Um, there has what is it? Like like Castlevania is like a new one that came up. It's like real heavy. It's real like it's real unf unf. You know, it's it, I I just call it my Euro trash music. Yeah, no, I used to, but, uh, yeah, I used to like some electronic, I like jam bands, and they're like, they would do it live and be fun, like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I, I always like the classics, you know, as far as uh, Crystal Method, Paulo Control, the Chemical Brothers, um, you know, big, big fans, right. um, and then, you know, I just love, love classics, too, and then sometimes, like, if I'm feeling real, you know, want to shut things off, I mean, I'll put on some, like, classical music, you know, like, um, was it Carmina Burana? Like real, like heavy orchestra stuff. That's that's always fun. But I do a lot of podcasts too. Nice. Uh, I got a guy. Dude. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. It is. Are you uh, are you are you into history? Yes, I am. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm 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 getting more into history. Yeah, we we actually we've been we saw Hamilton. We got to see Hamilton, and so we've been kind of with the kids like I have two little boys and they're they're like asking all these questions about like you know and so we've been kind of it's kind of been fun to go back down like the you know the the foundation of the country stuff and then like we you know we watch a lot of documentary stuff oh yeah well there is a podcast by Dan Carlin who's called Hardcore History and I I was addicted for like six months and I just poured through all the free stuff and then even bought like three more podcasts but it, and it's great because I'm t while I'm tattooing or while I'm painting, I'm just listening to just a quick synopsis of like 
I mean, it's like four hours an episode and there's like four episodes. Oh, wow. But it's just so involved and it's amazing. Like if you're, yeah, it's really good stuff. Hardcore, hardcore history. Okay, yeah. There was a new one that came out, I would say recently, a year and a half ago, but it was like a re, like re-exploring Watergate and all like with all the new stuff and it was, it was mind blowing. It was Ooh, like, yeah. it was like eight episodes and it was. It was incredible. Basically, like the, the one of his like cabinet members' wife liked to drink, and she kind of started the whole problem. Like basically, what it came down to. It was amazing. <laughs> she was see, like, "That's that's amazing thing that I love about history is that there's this one little turning point, you know." Yeah, she was like a socialite, and then like, and then they were afraid she's going to tell everybody, and they, I think they drugged her, and they like hit, kept her like stored in a hotel for like a week, so she couldn't tell anybody like it was great yeah i mean you know she's eventually gonna get out like what are you doing it was it was insane i don't know she just get she just get hammered and just like call her friends that like on like who had like tv shows and like yeah it was called slow burn it was like a slate podcast it was hilarious i mean it's not hilarious it's pretty dark but i mean it was like that's how that first episode starts sorry folks spoiler but yeah no i think i think uh history in general is pretty dark when you, uh, I listened to a podcast and I was, you know, trying to relate uh, Game of Thrones to real history, you know, as far as to go back and put that out there, you know, as far as like, you know, what influences, you know, influence Game of Thrones. And you realize that Game of Thrones is actually a, a very like, like history light, you know, as far as all the dark things that have happened in, in real time, you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah just way better special effects and better looking people less wooden teeth so yeah it's good yeah excellent well what's uh, so, yeah. uh what, what, electronic what's, music yeah and podcast dude yeah good because what we'll do I mean obviously you listen to all the episodes so I mean obviously this is just for folks who might be new Will but I put, I'll put the music of your your favorite music is like the underbeds in between the segments that I, I, I talk about and like plug we edit the show Put on Bo Diddley. Bo done. Diddley. Deal. Done and done. Bo knows. Some of the most best ad campaign ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, anything currently coming down the, coming down the line? You got some, um, you, just, you just dropped some beer well, glasses. That was a, pretty cool. Yeah. So I got a new online store. Um, I got art, beer swag. I got prints on there. Um, so for, you know, all the, non-locals that weren't able to get any um you know you weren't really able to get any of my artwork you know until now so <clears throat> so get on that website you know com slash shop um you know and it's been really cool seeing all my artwork shipped across the u.s you know it's it's, it's neat so cool. yeah all um right. we look for that then. yeah, yeah we had a glass yeah the glass is pretty badass yeah, yeah. we had a glass drop yeah, I did do that at the the Clues Art Show. So what we did was that we timed it with a beer release uh, for Strange Aeons, which is like kind of like a Cthulhu character. And then, um, so I was like, all right, you know, I'll try to get a glass, you know, kind of keep it on the same level. You know, my my signature creature has always been like an octopus. So I was like, all right, so I'm gonna do it. I'll do it right. And uh, yeah, so got my first glass, which was which was crazy, like trying to design something specific for an item, you know, and I was really nervous about it and put a lot of time into it. And uh, I'm glad it turned out so well. Cause I, I had a, man, I sold 80 glasses in less than like 30 minutes. I mean, I did not expect the turnout. So I'm, I'm very gracious. Like, thank you everyone who came out, you know, really appreciate the love. There you go. That's much love. Yeah. So yeah, Will Ralston, Dot com will ralston art on instagram and facebook i want to thank you once again my friend i'm yep. definitely uh gonna get a print at some point and get up here in the studio so i look forward to it and hopefully next time i'm in florida we'll get to have a beer together i look forward to it and i just i really appreciate you making the time i love your work i love your story yeah i definitely am jones and get a tattoo but um we'll, you know if once we uh start mocking up this pale SPF 100 canvas. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be reaching out to maybe get you, get you on here. Awesome, man. Yeah. All right, brother, you did it. It wasn't so painful, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't so painful, man. It's weird, right? You're not used to talking about yourself for so long. So it's kind of, people don't know what to do. 
No, no, not at all. Uh, it was definitely a <clears throat> definitely strange, you know. Yeah, you got in like a, you got in a good mental place. I think you kind of just like locked in, and then you kind of were able to like step out of yourself, and that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, it was a pleasure, my friend. Well, and, I, uh, oh, yeah, I think. Thank you very much, man. Let, let me let me know if you need anything. have it folks it was a wonderful episode episode number 71 is now officially in the books will ralston is a member of the club he's one of the alumni we are proud to have him we're in season seven and we're having a great fucking time remember if you're local in the connecticut area let's just say if you're on the east coast we've had folks come from you know pretty far away the art of show runs through the end of the month We've got some amazing photos from Michael the Henry on Instagram. Really just wonderful photos he shared with us recently, and we'll be figuring out a cool way to, to share those with you. If you are a photographer or videographer, we'd love to hear from you. We've already heard from a couple, and we'll definitely be back in touch. We're trying to do some cool things, We're trying to mix it up a little bit. We're trying to make this as visual as possible, and so we're having a wonderful time with that. I want to thank everybody who's come out to check us out at the Keller Liddell Gallery in New Haven, Connecticut. It is just a wonderful time. Remember, willralston.com, Will Ralston Art. Check it out. Get yourself some prints. He's been dropping some beer gear. He's got some bottle openers, some glasses that sold out. So hopefully some new prints will go up there soon. He's a busy man. If you're looking for him to make a piece on your person, on your body, no taint tattoos, but that was the first time for us using taint in an interview, so that was interesting. I, I did. I'll, I'll take the. If you're uh, scoring at home, if you're in the box scores, I would probably get the, get that one. But yeah, just really interesting and really a lot of fun. You know the the fact that we you know we're complimenting him about just you know his impact on the brand and being so synonymous with Angry Chair, and those labels which I think just stand on their own for beers that are just uber kick ass and you know. The, him for him to say he got, he got a little choked up was that was one of the best compliments we've ever received you know doing this so will's one of our one of our homies we're looking forward to, to catching up and listening hopefully you're digging the tunes we got going on here we could not do this without a little bow diddly for him that was a found instrumental track we got another one going right now but it's just uh it is just a lot of fun we have to meet some amazing people from around the country that includes you and you and you and yes and yes you so we want to thank you. We want to hear from you. AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. Get in touch. Don't be a stranger. We're a community. And we're working together. We're having a great time. And we're introducing you to some, uh, some new artists. And we got a lot more coming up for you. So stay tuned. Subscribe. Follow. Like. Just click a bunch of shit for our stuff. And, you know. We promise to uh, keep putting out a quality product for you. So we'll do that for you. You do that for us, and we'll do it together. So have a great week. Have a great day. I don't know when you're listening to this, so we like to have a good morning, have a good commute, have a good road trip, have a good nap. Like Bob Ross will put you to sleep. It happens. Bob Ross is badass. So we'll leave you with that. So thank you all. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.